Welcome to the Eco News Report. I'm your host this week, Tom Wheeler, Executive Director of the Environmental Protection Information Center. And I'm joined by my colleague, Matt Simmons, Staff Attorney with Epic. Hey, Matt. Hi, Tom. And we are joined by Zoom with Michael Hunter, Chairman of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians. Hey, Michael. Hello. Happy to be here. And we are talking about the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, the Pomo people's interest in the Jackson Forest and the mismanagement of this forest by Cal Fire. So, so Michael, I, I want to go back really, really far into history and, and talk about how long the Pomo people have been living on this land and, and how deep your relationship is. So what, what is your connection to this, this part of the world? Well, my answer might be a little bit different than you may have been expecting. It's more the disconnection that we have to this land. In the early 1900s, we were placed where Lake Mendocino is. So we were actually, we were actually taken out of those lands. We were actually taken away from the oceans, away from the rivers, away from our redwoods, from where we've actually learned how to live and learn how to co-manage our forests and learn how to co-manage our streams. But the disconnection happened in the early 1900s when we were moved to the Lake Mendocino, our old reservation, which we call Shotokai. And then in the 1957, the Corps of Engineers, Mendocino County Board of Supervisors, Sonoma County Board of Supervisors teamed up to build a dam, Lake Mendocino. So they terminated our reservation in 1957. At that point, we dispersed from not just from our redwoods, from but from our own county. We were, many of us, Many of our family was sent to Sherman Indian Boarding School down in Southern California, where a lot of our family still remains. A lot of were sent different areas. So it's it's more of a disconnect. And my story kind of starts a little bit later when it comes to the Redwoods, when my mother has, has always had that connection. But remember, she was raised, she was raised by her great grandma as her mother. So they went to the ocean often. They went to the Redwoods. They've done many things together. And so she had that deep connection that I may not have had because it was taken out of me. They didn't want us in those forests anymore. And all these years that my mom's been protesting, she could really feel it. And I'm standing behind her most of the time or being around her to make sure she stays safe as she does protest these redwoods. I never had that connection. I've always played in the forest. I've always played in the ocean, played in the rivers. But I've, I didn't feel that vibe, if you would, that my mother felt so much to where she would stand in front of people and try to stop them from cutting them. I didn't know. I didn't didn't get it. And it was until, I want to say, April, where my mother asked me to join this effort in saving the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. And I started to go out there. And when I started to see the devastation, I could really connect to my homeland because now someone was destroying it and I could see it with my own eyes. But I still didn't know. I was confused. My energy was confused. And as I started to meet really good people and take me out to the forest and, and, and walk trails that many haven't, and I started to really, really feel my roots. And it was just so natural to me. It was just everything poured on to me. And it was just so much different energies. And I never really knew what it was. It was overwhelming, to be honest. But it was a good overwhelming. I couldn't, I couldn't wait to get back there and meet somebody else that could walk me through those forests and help me understand what that forest really does for this community. Not only Coyote Valley or Pomo country, but the people that live on the coast, the people that actually 
actually still live in those forests. It was it was different. It was very different for me. I was a little embarrassed because the locals had more of a connection to that land than I did. And I didn't understand. But as I learned them and I learned just a lot about myself, I started to recognize that, wow, only only Pomo country, only Pomo Indians could have the connection that I have. And I think it was just recently when I decided to myself was, well, I got to get my Pomo brothers and sisters back in those forests so they could reconnect like I did because it was so natural and the energies are so great that you, you want to accept them. And when you're able to accept those energy while you're out there in the forest and be rooted, you feel like those redwoods could tell the stories of your people roaming those redwoods. And when I go out there, I try to just get to that level of thought, maybe it is. I don't know if it's concentration. I don't know. But it's that level of just being there, sitting by a large redwood and wondering, thinking about what the stories could have been, what they should have been. My people should be able to roam there, should be able to visit there, should be able to have a good time. They should know those redwoods like, like they know any other territory. They should, and we don't. So it's the disconnect that this community, and it's, it's a local community, created. And it's my job to figure out how to reconnect, not only for myself, but reconnect those that, that have also been disconnected. I don't know if that answers your question or not, but it's really confusing for me because it's all evolving. You know, I, I don't know if that answers my question either, but what it, what it, it was amazing. And thank you for sharing that. I, I, a, a lot of what you said has resonated with me as well, even though I, I am you know, I, I'm an Irish American. I, but, but the, the, the feeling of going into these forests and the kind of special feeling of, of this area is something that I, I think no matter kind of your, your heritage, you, you feel when you walk into a redwood forest, there's, there's something magical, there's something spiritual about it. And I, I say spiritual as one of the least spiritual people on, on this planet. Oh, I think, I think spiritual is the word. I think spiritual is the word, and I don't. And I don't. I don't think anybody is least spiritual. To be honest, I think once you know that word and you're able to feel that spirit and you're able to connect in that level, it's different. It's not religion. It's not anything else. I think that, that spiritual connection is just our energy connecting with the energy that's there. I, I love it. That's good. You know, I I made the mistake. I, I just jumped into this too early, and we haven't kind of set the 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 framework of the show which is this was an area that was the pomo well is the the pomo ancestral territory the jackson demonstration state forest which for those of you in our listening audience who are is not familiar with the jackson is, is between the the towns roughly of, of fort bragg and mendocino on the coast and, and willits on the interior about fifty thousand acres so historically managed by the pomo people and now owned by the state of California and mismanaged by Cal Fire. Cal Fire managing almost exclusively for timber production and allowing other uses when they're not inconsistent with timber production. So there is a, a large movement of folks both on the coast and in interior Mendocino County that are trying to change that. They're trying to bring back better management 
to the, to the forest. And so this is this is where our our story kind of takes off from is Calfire and their hubris managing this land that has been successfully actually managed by the the Pomo people for for thousands of years. So I, I know that there are specific cultural issues that your tribe is concerned with. And I, I know that in talking about cultural issues, there's often some sensitivities and, and confidential information. With that caveat, can can you tell us about some of the problems with Cal Fire's management when it comes to these cultural issues on the forest? Yes. You know, like I was saying, many of the tribes were terminated and removed from those forests. And therefore, they the methods of managing those forests became logging first, manage second. And we have the tribes, Pomo tribes, have, have many, many registered sacred sites where our people lived and in those redwoods. And they're being demolished by the roads that Cal Fire logging is developing. They're being damaged by the destruction they leave once they pull that one redwood out, two redwoods out, three redwoods out, the destruction they leave by cutting all the other little trees around it and leaving it for dry wood to actually, it's actually a fire hazard. The things that they do to manage their methods, their methods are failing us. And not only failing our community, but failing our ancestral lands and further disconnecting Pomo country from its lands. Because if you, if you continue to damage and take out our sacred sites and cut our oldest redwoods, it's pretty hard to, it's pretty hard to find that connection when it's all full of destruction. It's more sadness than it is fulfilling of knowing your people roam those areas, lived in those areas. But just let me expand on that a little bit. We have, the intertribal Sinkion project, and they manage thousands of acres. So it's proven. It's proven. We've already proven how to co-manage, how to do it correctly. But the problem is the state of California, you know, from the top down, from the California Natural Resources Agency, Secretary Wade Crowfoot, from Cal Fire Logging, from the top down, they believe in the industry. They believe that logging is actually okay. And then their children grew up to believe that logging's okay. So it's the method. It's dated. And people are finally starting to see it because there's smoke everywhere. And now there's fires everywhere. Now we have to stop the con. The con is the Natural Resources Agency and CAL FIRE logging. The con is them pretending as if logging is actually okay because it does help fire prevention. We have to stop the con on that. And Pomo country has already proven it. Like I said, if you go up to Sinkio and you saw area, it's not on fire. It's just not on fire. You can walk those woods without shoes. There's areas in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest you can walk without shoes because it's managed by the state parks. But there's areas in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest where you have to wear boots because it's managed by Cal Fire logging. And they're within within a half a mile from each other, you can see the stark difference. And if we don't stop them now, what are we doing? Just waiting. We're waiting for our legislators, 
for our representatives to come around in a year or two. Well, every day they wait, a redwood falls. And, and every day we wait, they, they, trash, they trash a sacred site of ours. I don't know what else to do but to try to stop the logging and, re- and, and demand that our Senator McGuire, Assemblyman Wood, Congressman Huffman, write a letter to the California Natural Resources Agency, Secretary Wade Crowfoot, that he's not native, Secretary Wade Crowfoot, demanding a moratorium on the logging in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest. We can't wait. The longer we wait, the more destruction has, the more redwoods fall, the, the more risk we are at fire. We cannot make up those 200-year-old redwoods. We just can't. It takes too long. So, Michael, I know you, you met with Secretary Crowfoot and you, you asked him for a moratorium. You, you showed him some photos of what they've been doing in Jackson. And you said, how is, how, how is this okay? How is this fire prevention? What kind of response did you get when you did that? Well, I, or, I helped organize a meeting. I'm the vice chairman of the California Tribal Chairpersons Association. And so previously to our annual meeting on the 23rd, I met, I had a tribal consultation process with Geneva Thompson, who's the tribal liaison for the California Natural Resources Agency. And I gave her a PowerPoint that John O'Neill prepared. And I asked for Crowfoot to be on the agenda for the 23rd for the Chairman's Chairpersons Association. And he attended. And at that meeting, I put up about eight different slides. And in those slides, it shows timber harvest plans really, really damaging the forest. And in those pictures, I asked him directly, sir, this cannot be a healthy timber harvest plan. And I went down and down and I showed him the logs that were being cut and just stocked, just sitting on hills for no reason, but they were in the way of their logging. And at the end of that slide, I showed the last slide, which was some people holding a redwood trees that were huge. It would take four or five people to get, get around that. And I said, can we at least agree that cutting 150-year-old redwoods is not fire prevention. And as he's sitting in front of me, I'm at a podium, I realized I was looking at a deer in headlights. He did not know what was going on. He did not see it. He, was, he did not understand the words I was saying. And I asked the tribes to join me to try to empower him, let him know that we're behind you. Use us against against the loggers if we have to. Whatever you have to do to get a moratorium, stop the logging in the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, whatever you have to do. And he couldn't move. He sat there. He didn't join us. And that's when I realized that he is a part of a system that truly believes that they are making a difference, but they don't know what the difference that, they don't know a specific difference they are making because they still talk at the level of saying carbon sequestration. They lose people in those words. They even lose themselves. And after that meeting, he said he want, He said that there was no, during that meeting, he said there was no logging, no cutting happening to his knowledge. Well, that following day, I was receiving videos. The following week, I went out to the Jackson Demonstration State Forest and shot a video, sent it to them. They know. And what I've come to realize is they prefer to turn a blind eye because they are a part of that system that's allowing logging to continue to happen in our forest. And I think it's just because 
I'm, I'm saddened to be honest with you. I think a majority of Californians are okay or must be okay with it. And therefore they're just going to stand by and continue to let them log our forest. And just, just to go back a little bit, I showed him specific timber harvest plans. And instead of him asking me, where are those? So I can investigate being the regulatory agency that he belongs, that he's the secretary of. He told me how that's just a small portion of what's happening in those woods, a small portion. And I'm overstating them basically. But the first, why didn't he ask me, where are those chairman? Where are those? I'll go out there and look, let me investigate this and see if this THP was managed appropriately. He defended Cal Fire logging. He defended that and he would not join the tribes. The Eco News Report, and we're talking about the Jackson Demonstration State Forest with Chairman Michael Hunter of the Coyote Valley Band of Pomo Indians. I I agree with everything that you said, except for one thing, which is that the people of California must be okay with this logging. And I, I don't think that that's true. I, I think that one of our problems here is that we're behind the Redwood Curtain. We're in Mendocino County, and people... People in the rest of the state don't know about us. I, I feel deeply that the average Californian would be horrified to know that the state of California owns public land that they then sell off the timber rights to private timber operators to, to log and make climate change worse. I, 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 can't, I, I can't stomach the idea that, that you know, the average voter would be okay with this. And so I think part of our, our mission and our challenges is to break out of this redwood curtain and to start getting the rest of the state to know about the Jackson Demonstration State Forest and that the state of California, which on one hand is is moving and doing great things on climate change, requiring 100% of, of cars by 2035 to be electric. I just don't know if that's real. Yeah. You know, I've met with the speaker on this specific issue and had a long dinner with him. He did not know what the, he did not know specifics of the 30 by 30 plan that governor Newsom is proposing. And in my mind at that specific time, I realized that the speaker, the leader of the assembly and the governor are not even sitting down to, to discuss strategies that blew my mind. That blew my mind, but I'm with you and I'm following you because my goal as a tribal chairman, I've been trying to utilize that platform to bring other people outside of our county involved and other people in our county. But we need to get the support. I've been going on and you could follow me, Michael Hunter, on Facebook. And I've been really trying to get the word out on Instagram as well for tribal underscore chairman. And I... I'm hopeful and I'm glad you said what you said because it's important and it makes me feel like maybe we are going to get more people involved, but on the county level is where I'm really, really worried. I went to a fundraiser for Senator McGuire just to sit there and see the people and see, just to learn. And what I recognized is Cal Fire had a fundraiser booth right next to me and I was just invited by the inland Mendocino County Democratic Club. And right next to him is a full table of Cal Fire. And in his speech, he mentions how he's known the people at that table for such a long time. And he goes on and on. And I realized you didn't even invite one tribe here. 
I got here because somebody in my Democratic club invited me. But yet you invited a full table of Cal Fire. I don't, I just, I think that the people in this county and the people that are in power in this county grew up through the system, which is logging is okay. And I just think that they're, that it's a part, they are a part of our problem, to be honest with you. And they're good people. They're good people. It's not like the senator is a bad person. It's not like Assemblyman Wood's a bad person. It's not like Congressman Huffman's a bad person. They're just absent when it comes to the environment. And Democrats pretend as if the environment is our number one subject. But I bet you if we went to each, each, each representative that I just named and we said, please tell us what your number one concern is, they will say environment. And then if we said, please tell us in your staff, what person graduated from environmental studies of any kind? Tell me one person that's graduated from environmental studies and you will not get one person, I bet you. So how in the heck could it be your number one issue, but yet you're not hiring qualified people to address these issues? So now we're stuck educating you on the number one issue that you said you are here to solve, to resolve, to help our people, our locals. But yet, I just go back to California Natural Resources Agency, Secretary Wade Crowfoot. He's the number one guy, the number one appointment down from Governor Newsom, and he graduated in political science. How in the heck is that possible? I would not, I run a government. I have a casino, sea store, gas station, hotel being built. We also have homes, 60 some homes. So we, we, we run a small little community, if you will. I would not put a political science person as my CFO. I would not put a political science person as my EPA director. You got to be smarter in that. You put educated people that are that are supposed to be in these positions because they know the difference from right and wrong. We want we demand that our that we have experts in this field that we're discussing with and we're negotiating with. We should not have to educate you on your number one topic. We should be talking together. Instead, we have to educate them because their number one topic is not environmental. It's just not. Yeah. Oh, well, another good example of the the political class not knowing what they're talking about, but somehow getting jobs regulating it is is Jessica Morse, the, the governor's advisor on forest issues. What experience does she have on forest issues? None. She's just a failed candidate for Congress. <laughs> and, and so the, the party rewards her by giving her a nice, well-paying job in Sacramento where she can continue to make speeches to people and and, and not really help the environment. Right. And that's so real. It's, it's just, it's just why, like Matt's an attorney. You can't practice law. If you don't, if you don't do the necessary things you have to accomplish to become an attorney in California, I wouldn't have Matt working as a CFO. It just doesn't make sense. So when they say their number one priority is the environment, they can't prove it. And if we ask the right questions, they realize that they don't, that they don't even have it as their number one priority. And that's when they turn away. They're not interested in you telling them that they're not interested in something they should be interested in. And that's an environment. And it's so, it's just so simple. Let's be real. Cutting redwoods. I always stick with redwoods because cutting redwoods is not fire prevention. I don't talk about any other trees out there in that forest because it confuses people. 
But we all know for a fact, cutting redwoods in the state forest is not climate action, not climate change. It's not good for the environment. And to be totally upfront, if they were being upfront with us, it's creating a fire hazard. It's, 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 it's backwards. But that's the representatives we work with. They're absent. Yeah. And, and Cal Fire is also uh, deliberately killing hardwood trees in areas that the Pomo people may have cultivated as as kind of a, what's the word, orchard, I guess, for for production of acorns. They're killing these trees using herbicides and then just leaving the dead trees in the forest in violation of Mendocino County law. So it, it it's absurd. Right. Why aren't our board of supervisors in those woods with us? Why do we have to beg them to get out there in their own woods? Yeah, That's nuts. Why do we have to beg Senator McGuire to investigate what I showed pictures and videos of? Why do we have to beg Assemblyman Wood? Why do we have to beg Congressman Huffman? That's nuts. It's nuts. If I was one of those representatives and this was happening in my backyard and you guys or anybody showed me the proof, these pictures and videos, and I would be like, what? The first thing my office would do is, would be to investigate and to find out why these THPs are happening. Is it because is it because there's no mitigation plan? Does Cal Fire logging even demand that the logging companies have a mitigation plan to clean up what their damages are? Or is, there even, or is there no policy that even says they have to? So it's not even in their bid to clean up the mitigation areas that they've damaged. I wonder that. I, I, anytime Coyote Valley does anything, we have an off-reservation impact. And we have to mitigate that. And we have to pay money for that. And we have to make sure that we're a good neighbor. Well, where's the mitigation happening? Where's the oversight happening to make sure that they're doing what they're supposed to do, even in their own bid? And now, here's the one kicker. Tax people are going to pay twice. They're going to be paying twice because you see Governor and you see Secretary Crowfoot getting up there and saying, we, we, we got hundreds of millions of dollars going into cleaning these forests. The forest that they're cleaning is taking out the old woods that they left stranded there in the fire. And now they're going to get paid twice. We have to prove that they're getting paid twice. And if we could prove that they're getting paid twice, we have a different style of lawsuit. We have some different angles to go after, but they're going to get paid twice. It's a shame. It's a scam. It is a scam. Well, so if you were, if you had the governor's ear, what would you tell him right now? What is your, your demand for the governor? Oh, I think it's Secretary Wade Crowfoot. Okay. That's, I have his ear and I presented to him and I showed him the proof what's happening in his forest. I think what we, our demand, I know what our demand is. Our demand is that we have a moratorium on logging the Jackson Demonstration State Forest, period. And then we'll discuss what that looks like going forward. But we cannot let them do this, the delay tactic in discussing what's going to happen forward before the moratorium, because then we give them political cover as if they're working together with us. The first action we need is a moratorium. All right, a moratorium. So everyone, write to... Secretary Crowfoot, right to Senator McGuire, right to Assemblymember Wood, and demand we need a moratorium on all logging, both logging that's occurring right now and, and future planned logging. That That's what we need. Congressman Huffman, too. Congressman Huffman, yep. Yes, we recognize that they may not have the authority, but first they need to write that letter to Secretary Crowfoot demanding a moratorium. Absolutely. They need to spend political capital. Michael, or Chairman Hunter, I, I should say, 
Thank you so much for joining the Eco News Report. This was a really illuminating half hour. And you're welcome again anytime to discuss issues going on in Pomo country. Thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate you. All right. Have a good day. You too. All right. This has been another episode of the Eco News Report. Join us next week on This Time Channel for more environmental news from the North Coast of California.